What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but it is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with somebody and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, Mr. Teddy Fisher. Hello. What's up? What's up, dude? Yeah, nothing much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. We were kind of back and forth. But we got right. you here. You got me. Teddy was a little nervous about disclosing some certain stories on the podcast, but we're going <laughs> to rip and roll now, baby. I'm an animal, as you'll <laughs> soon find out. Yeah. Uh, before we get too far into anything, plug everything up front. You do have your monthly show, your social media, plug everything. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, I got an Instagram, uh, Teddy Fisher underscore ha ha. Um, I, I occasionally post. I'm not very good at posting. I, whenever I have a show, I usually post. Um, and I, Are you more of a stories guy or do you actually put like a post up there? Uh, oh, I, I guess I do stories. Like if I'm I was going to say, because when I first started following you, you had like two Nothing posts. Po- yeah, I have, I I have like, two. Yeah, I have three right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm great at self-promotion. Um, but I'm and I'm doing um, at the pit. I'm on a uh, an improv team that's going to start performing. Uh, every other Thursday, starting October fifth. Okay, so you can see me do some improv there and stand up every once in a while. Beautiful, yeah, love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Of course, it's your first time on the show, so I want the listeners to kind of get to know Teddy first Fisher. Of, first of many, of course. For, of course, yeah. we're gonna have you back. I mean, all these crazy stories that you have sent me, <laughs> we're gonna have to have you on again. Um, but let's talk about it. I like to figure out because stand up is niche. Uh, my listeners are sick of me hearing talk, hearing me talk about it. But how did you get into stand-up comedy as just the art form? Like, how did you even find it? Yeah. I mean, I've been into stand-up for as long as I can remember since I was a kid. Like, like my first memories are of, like, watching Seinfeld reruns with my okay. dad. Um, and so, yeah, for since I was a kid, I've always had this dream of, of moving to New York. And, so you – okay. Stand-up. So th- this is fascinating to me because – I've talked about it a million times. Just a short recap. I started watching stand-up when I was 12. Mm. And I thought as an anxious, depressed kid, it was amazing that I could watch this and it would elicit a fun reaction. I would laugh because oh, I didn't laugh very often. So I would like sure. feel good. And my cousin introduced me to it and I was like, oh, this is crazy. But I could never do that. Huh. And then fast forward, I see Dane Cook, Comedy Central Presents. And I was like, oh, I, I want to do that. That looks like fun. Right. And then I start pursuing stand-up as a full-time thing. For you, watching Seinfeld – as a kid, 
you just got it in your head at a young age, like, oh, I know what to do. I know I'm going to move to New York and pursue stand-up. I mean, I guess so. I don't really remember since I was so young. Yeah. It's just like, I feel like just the idea of because doing comedy he, has always been... He's a comic in that show. Yeah, he plays himself. Yeah, so... Um, and like, I loved, you know, the 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 show itself even more so i mean I, I love seinfeld as a comedian but larry david's writing yeah and um those four actors together i just loved so much and, and couldn't get enough of it i have kind of like like a like religious type reverence for that show and how well made it is from mm -hmm. like a comedy technical um perspective um but yeah, I just, I guess, I guess I just wanted to be Jerry Seinfeld. I yeah. just wanted to live well, in New York sense, yeah. and, and do mics and have a bald friend and <laughs> you know, crazy neighbor. Um, yeah. So I, I, it never really, there was no like conscious decision of like, I'm going to move. I mean, I guess there was eventually now that you live here, uh, now that I lived here and, and moved here about a year ago, but like, like it, it was just sort of always this, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to do. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you, where are you originally from? I'm from Winneka, Illinois, which Ooh. is a suburb of Chicago. Okay. And yeah. when did you, when did you do your first mic? Do you remember? Uh, my first mic? Well, I guess technically. Or the first time you were on stage, I guess. is a better Yeah. Way to put first it. time doing stand up um, was in college. There was like, we had like a student like stand up group that would do okay. like a show every semester to, where did you go to college i went to kenyan college in gambier ohio go owls you're um, an owl too you're an owl florida atlantic university oh. burrowing owls cool oh. yeah i'm sure our uh, uh sports teams are just as impressive as yours um <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah there was there was like a, a student run Sh uh, a club that would do shows. It's a small school, I assume. Yeah, like uh, twelve hundred students. Oh, like shit! Students. Yeah, tiny. Yeah, my high school had thirty six hundred. My high school had forty two hundred. Oh wow! So I went from a gigantic school to a, a tiny school. What did you you uh, <laughs> liberal arts? I'm assuming liberal arts, liberal arts, and I studied uh, English and theater. Okay. Yeah. Did you go there specifically for that, or was this a school you got accepted to and then decided you were going to do theater? There? Um, I went. I knew I wanted to study theater in college, um, and I wanted to like. I thought about going to like like a conservatory type, like intensive, like a, a BFA program. But I realized that I probably wanted to double major. I wanted to take classes outside of my major and get. Mm -hmm. I, I was into the idea of liberal arts, um, and Kenyon that school sort of in doing research was like a school that had a really strong theater department, but, um, was still liberal arts. And okay. I, I didn't want to be pigeonholed into like, you're going to be acting 24 seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then got into, I did sketch and, and stand up there, but I, I started doing comedy for real, uh, last summer when I when moved you here. moved here. Yeah. So when you were in college, and you did the the stand up for the first time, like for that, because you said it was just a, a show every semester. Yeah. So you had only you had never been on stage before. What was that process like? Never done stand up before. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what was that process like? Getting ready to do stand up, where you're just like, oh, I'll just write some like. Yeah, yeah. I love the listeners to hear this because it's always so different for everyone. I've had people right. on literally who go, well, the easiest barrier of entry into show business is comedy that's why i did comedy and i'm like oh, well interesting. i fucking hate that i had you on the show um i've had other they're people a fake because they're a phony well yeah uh who i'm kind of <laughs> scroll through the eric walsh use your ai program and go back through and scrub all the episodes uh but i also have 
Uh, I also have people who come on and go, oh, I just was always the center of attention. That's why I got into comedy. Wow. And then obviously me, I'm a lot more pretentious about it where I'm like, oh, it's about challenging the status quo. And Lenny Bruce is one of my heroes. And like, you have to go after the establishment. <laughs> All right, nerd. <laughs> um, and for, but you come from a similar background oh, yeah. in the sense that watching Seinfeld, you're like, I want that life. Like, I want to be able to do that kind of a thing. Yeah. So when you get to college. Mm hmm. What is the process like the first time you're going on stage? Because you don't know until you try, but you have so much history with Seinfeld and watching the show and wanting sure. to do this for so long. Was it like overwhelming or like what was your process? Yeah. I mean, I had been, I, it started, I joined my sophomore year. I had already been right. I had already like two journals worth That's what of I figured. material. Yeah. Um, I started, I guess I started writing comedy like maybe late high school early college we just like jot down um bit ideas and, and I, ca I still carry so. yeah i still carry my notebook with me that i've been carrying with me i think since my freshman year of college oh where wow I, where i jot down my little joke ideas um yeah mine's in my backpack yeah <laughs> i've got well i've been doing it a lot but i've, right. I've got like 10 or 12 yeah this is like my i think like fifth or sixth yeah um but uh somebody writes more than i do <laughs> yeah man and it shows <laughs> um <laughs> but um, what are you tell us about your scar again, Brennan? <laughs> um, I actually haven't heard about your scar. Oh, you have noticed it. Interesting. And clocked it. Um, but yeah, so for for this student group, um, there was like an audition yeah. where I think you had to do like two or three minutes. So I just like looked through my notebook and um, uh, uh, just for, chose the bit that. I don't even remember what. Oh, I did this bit about voyeurism um, that jumped out to me, um, and so I just did that for the audition, and I remember doing it. It was like two or three. Who were you auditioning for? In front of the kids who were already okay. in the group. Okay. Because um, you know what I mean. It's like who the fuck do you think you are telling me? What's yeah, funny, yeah, what's yeah, yeah, funny? yeah. Um, and after, yeah, it was some like English professor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, after after that audition, it ended, and I I like remember like immediately after and it was like oh this is what i'm doing like, okay like like for sure i'd already been doing like improv and sketch up until this point it was like oh but Santa. once you did it you were like oh no it's comedy yeah 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 i felt the same i've i was hammered the first time i got on stage 2009 <laughs> sure and it was so bad but i remember getting off stage going like oh i found it people oh, search yeah. their whole lives and never find it and yeah. i was like oh i found it yeah i found the thing well did you also have that feeling of like fuck like now i now i have to do this <laughs> now i now i have to commit so much time and energy to honestly at soul crushing the, at the time i did not realize it was as bad as oh, yeah. it was now it's it's funny i actually get that more now being 35 and like going to mics with a bunch of like you know young 20 somethings right. and being like i said it at a mic a few weeks ago and i said it as like a joke but nobody laughed because it's it was so true and kind of like buried everything yeah. but I, I was up there and i was just like Oh my God, I'm 35. Some of you are only like 22. And I looked around the room and I just went, no help is coming. Like, this is our lives. Yeah. And it just got silent. And I was like, oh, da, 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 da. Yeah. but I find it more now because like you said, at the time, I mean, you obviously growing up with the internet and being having podcasts and listening to comics talk about it, right. you knew much more than I did. Yeah. Because going into it, I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be like, you know, like my... People, I like, I'm going to be like Dane Cook. Like, I was like, oh, this sure. is it. Yeah. I'm doing it. And now. Tough road to hope. <laughs> it was a tough road. <laughs> Especially you and mix. We're still on it. Yeah. You yeah. mix alcoholism no and drug addiction with it. That was just like. Yeah. And people tell me all the time. And do you get this too, where people will re reach out and they'll say like, well, you don't have to keep doing. Like, you can do something else. And it's like, 
No, I I can't though. Yeah, not yet. Okay, that could. Well, yeah, happen. you're you're what? You're 22, right? <laughs> Three. 23. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm still I'm still. I'm relatively gonna text you new. in 12 years and be like, really? hey, has anybody said it yet? Right. <laughs> <laughs> they come out like out of concern of like. Yeah. You know. So like being the age I am now, and I was at one point engaged to be married, and I was on this track where it's like, oh, you, you know, I went to rehab, I cleaned up my life, mm-hmm. you're gonna have this beautiful life, and. I didn't go to law school at the time after college, but it's like, oh, I can still go back. And I was still in that window. And then I got back into doing comedy and everyone was like, oh, no. Like, we thought the comedy thing was like the drinking thing. Like, you were just doing it kind of hand in hand. For a while, we're the two inseparable. inseparable. Yeah. And so, but I was like, oh, no, the drinking thing was debilitating, but comedy is who I am. And I've had plenty of people be like, well, why don't you just try to get a day? Or this is a big one. People go, well, what's your plan B? And I go, well, I don't have a plan. If you have a plan B, you don't have a plan A. So I, I don't have a plan B. And they go, yeah, but you should have a plan B. And I'm like, no, yeah, absolutely that. not. Yeah. <laughs> I spent $1,000 a month to do this podcast. <laughs> like, I'm not. There is no plan yeah, anything. And that's awesome. But when you, when you got sober, was it? weird and crazy to do stand-up sober it was yeah it was very difficult yeah. it, you had to re i had to re i had to relearn how to watch movies i had to relearn how to watch tv right. i had to relearn how to do stand-up but last thing and then we got to get back on you because okay. so many of my listeners <laughs> complain i talk too much uh i was three months into getting sober this last time so i almost died on my 30th birthday i get sober three months into it i called my sponsor and i said if it's just going to be working two jobs going to the gym every day and meetings every day you can have it back. I don't want it. Like I'm going to sobriety. I, yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm either going to go back out or I'm going to kill myself, which isn't an idle threat. Cause that's something that's happened before where I've attempted that. And my sponsor says, you need to find something that you're passionate about. Well, he said two things. He said, first, you need to work with more alcoholics. It's about service. And two, hmm. you need to find something you're passionate about. And it was him. He goes, what about comedy? You always loved oh, wow. comedy, but you, you haven't even mentioned it since you got sober. And I was like, well, I thought, that was gone now because it was so hand in hand with yeah, my drinking. Interesting. And he goes, no. He's like, if that's what you're passionate about, that's what you love, and you're serious about your sobriety, as long as you maintain your spiritual wellness and your mental wellness, you can do whatever you want. Booze or otherwise. Wow. Like being around booze and drinking. And I say all the time that saved my life. It's like comedy saved. Going back and doing stand-up gave me purpose again. Yeah. And now having all these stories about drinking and then being able to be on stage and be like, hey, have you guys ever faked paralyzed because your parents weren't giving your alcoholism <laughs> enough attention? And nobody has. But then it's fun because it's right. like, no, nobody in this room. Yeah. And then you meet someone every once in a while, like Cody Lewis, friend of the show, who's like, dude, I fake paralyzed before. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> Only another comic. Like, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. So for me, it was a big thing. So for you, we're going to bring all this back. Right. Don't worry, baby birds. I'm going to feed you. For you. That was creepy. <laughs> you call your listeners baby birds? No. it's, it's You do now. I do now. <laughs> when you get off stage that first time, just from the audition, you were yeah. like, this is it. Oh, yeah. And my, and, and, and my reaction was shit. Like, yeah, because oh, you knew. Now I have to. Now, yeah, yeah I, I was well-versed enough to know, like... It is like, I feel like, you know, the, the people who have the itch to do stand up, like it is an addiction kind of, there's sort of this compulsive need to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't go more than three days. Wait, oh yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, work, same. I work in a restaurant. So right. like, I'm always on, like, I'll try bits out. If they're softer bits, <laughs> I'll try them out on my table. Sure. Yeah. Cause I'm a storyteller. So it's easy. Yeah. You just mention something. They go, wait, what happened? You go, well, <laughs> funny, funny you should ask. Yeah. Have you ever faked being paralyzed? <laughs> um, so when did you decide, because you're obviously staying in school, mm-hmm. you wanted to major in theater. That's why you went to college. Yeah. 
what in your head is the plan after you get off that stage? Uh, even after that audition, in your head, are you automatically like, okay, so I'll finish my degree, then I'm going immediately to New York? Or like, what do you, how are the pieces Yeah, working? I mean, it was still vague for a little bit. It was like, well, I, I, I love comedy, it's both stand-up and sketch and improv, and I, I love acting. Um, and I, I was thinking for a while, it was sort of a vague, like, oh, yeah, I could, I could go to New York and do the stand-up theater thing. I could go to LA and, and maybe try the sort of film TV world, or maybe I thought about going to Chicago and sort of doing the improv stuff. Um, but yeah, I sort of decided on New that, York. I've never, I've never listened to someone break it down so succinctly, but that's exactly. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause everyone always goes, Oh, it's New York or LA, but you were like, Oh no, this, I would go here for this, there for yeah. that or there. For, that, that, was, yeah. that was very well. But I, I felt like New York had a little bit of, of everything, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of all those things. Um, and, and I, I, I felt like stand up was what I was most interested in. I also, most of my friends, um, from college were also moving to New York and I already knew people here. So it just, it just kind of made sense. It was yeah. like, I think like, Pretty early on in my senior year, it was decided like, yeah, when this ends, I'm, I'm moving to New York. Okay. Yeah. And then were, you continued just to write and then do that show. Did yeah. you Did you try any other shows or were you just doing the once? No, a, I did a couple mics. I did, my senior year, I was in, uh, I, I visited some friends in LA over spring break and did a couple. That was like my first time doing mics. Let's talk about that. I did like two or three. How was that? It was fine. The first one was great. Was there anybody that you ran into who's like an established comic that you know now? Um, not that I know of. Um, hilarious if you were just like, yeah, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> we love comedy and I yeah. could not reach Jerry for Seinfeld an L.A. comic. Yeah. Because it's just like an L.A. comic. You're like, yeah, Jamar Neighbors came on no. the show. Or like, no, you know. no, they were in like one was at Flappers in Burbank and then the other was at like a like a dive bar on okay um and and the dive bar one was awesome it, you crushed? it went so well and that was the first one and then the flappers one i bombed do you know for the dive bar one do you know do you do any of those bits still do you have anything do i i don't because i'm just I trying to remember. picture it in my I head i might have done yeah. i've have you heard my bit about jfk give the oscars give the oscar I, that one no that one that one's in the past year or so um i love that bit but i think i i have this joke about jfk learning about jfk when i was a kid i don't okay. know if you've heard it no um oh no i have i have yeah but that that one was an and early just hit? one that stuck around yeah so that, you're at this bar show and you're hitting you're yeah, like it was a mic yeah but that, oh, yeah. i'm sorry there's please, a big distinction please so you're at I this, am an open micer but you're at this mic and you're just like bang bang and were you like i'm yeah. gonna do this yeah and also my first time doing an actual show yeah, in school, in front of an audience, I went. <laughs> uh, I was like, maybe there were like ten or eleven of us in the group, and I think I went second to last. Um, and five, what five, five minutes? Yeah, and everyone. I don't mean to shit on all the people who are in this troupe, but no one did well. And then I got up and did really well. You crushed. And I was like, well, this is <laughs> this is cocaine. Like the like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it was another oh shit moment. Yeah. It's like, I know that the next thousand sets are not going to be like that. It's um, so, but it's the high you keep chasing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it feels like, and I've heard other comics say this, there are times in my career where I'm like, oh, I'm not, nothing is funny. Like if you're at a show and everyone's bombing and then you're thinking about your material in your head and you're like, none of this is going to work. Right. And it's like, nothing is funny. Like, I don't know how to make anyone laugh. Yeah. And that happens to, and there's times where I've gone on shows and I'm like, like in the green room, like getting ready to go up and I'm like, 
I don't think any of this is going to work. This is going to be horrible. And then I get up and the first joke just hits and you're like, okay, yeah, okay, we're cooking. <clears throat> and then you just bang, bang. And you're like, all right, here we go. Yeah. And then at the end of it, you're like, how the fuck did I do that? Yeah, it's weird. Because like you said, it's this astounding high and you're like, right. I had everyone in and this And it's room. great. Once you are once you get that first minute over and you know you've proven yourself and you know that the next four minutes are going to work. Yeah. It's the most fun you'll ever have. Yeah. It's so it's so funny you say that because obviously we go to a lot of the same mics and uh, I was working. I have a show coming up and I was working the set out. But it's a set I, I feel like I already have down, but I mm. wanted to try it like in a different order. <laughs> right. So I did it, but everyone at the, the mic has heard it a million times. Yep. So nobody laughed. And it's so funny you say that because after the first like 30 seconds and none of it hitting, I in my head, I was like, why are you doing like this is going to get worse. Like, oh, if you keep doing the bit, yeah, like, yeah, like nothing's going to turn around. Right. Because everyone in this room has heard all of these jokes a million it's, times. Yeah, it's. And it was so like self-defeating. I was like, this is why I don't do this at Mike's. Right. Because but then when you don't prepare and then you do a show, do you feel like, and, and you it's, it's dust off a the, bit. Yeah. And then like, I skip a word or I miss a tag and yep. I'm like, fuck. I should have practiced. Yeah. So it's a whole, yeah. oh my God. But I then when it. you practice, you realize, is the bit even, even funny? funny? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah. So when you moved to New York, did you hit the ground running? Were you like, all yeah. right, it's comedy. It's on. Yeah. I moved here. I did. Like a week or two after graduating, I moved here and did, well, I was, took like a five week acting class cause I got like student housing through that. Was that I here? Mean, yeah. That was, okay. that was, um, yeah. In Manhattan. And, um, I would do, I would do my, it was like a Shakespeare class. I would do my Shakespeare class, um, from like nine to five and then do like two or three mics. My, Fuck yeah. Yeah. So I was doing like the most pretentious thing possible and then the least pretentious yeah. thing possible. And, and it was, it was a blast. I, I want to do, um, because I know obviously stand up. I would think it's safe to say is your, your first passion. And then we're going to get into some of the stories, but this is something I've been wanting to have you on the show to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. You're a big movie guy. You love film. You love cinema. Oh yes. Um, you talk about the, the reason I bring this up is because I've listened to one podcast for almost 15 years. That's a movie podcast. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys on it is very much like a hall, the films, it's cinema. <laughs> and the other guy's like transformers, fast and furious. Uh, I love it. That's fun. So that's why it's a fun yeah, But when you had mentioned on stage that you like movies, you have the whole bit about the Oscars and the shape of water and all this kind of stuff. I was like, oh, this is sick. There's another person I can talk movies with. <laughs> and I got so excited. Right. And then I went up to you and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm rewatching like all the Christopher Nolan Batmans. I was like, I really like The Dark Knight. I think The Dark Knight Rises is a little underrated. You know, it's gotten played out. And you just looked at me and went, yeah, pretty good. And I was so... Because I didn't have much else to say. I haven't seen those movies. You haven't? No, I have. I yeah. haven't seen them since I was yeah, uh, that's a child. But when who, it, who those movies are for. Yeah. yeah when <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But for you, because I, I want to know where your passion for... Because even mm. if the bit is only half true, the bit you say, you obviously well, have... The Shape of Water bit's 100% true. It's 100% true. No. Uh, so you uh, obviously inflation. have a passion enough to where you in this class where you don't say anything you blurt out like shot at like you're I an idiot screamed at a girl yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where did that come from um i i mean i don't really know i mean like sort of like you know f film film lovers and and cinema lovers they like or, or people who are really into film or who become filmmakers i feel like they tend to have like that one movie that they watched as a kid what's yours that 
change the way they see movies. I mean, it's the most cliche answer in the book, but it's Pulp Fiction. Okay. Um, which again, like such a like eye roll, like film bro, like Pulp Fiction. But I, I watched that when I was. 12 or 13 you know as a, little, as a 12 or 13 year old should, be watching, yeah, should be watching Pulp Fiction did you know what a uh, a gimp was yeah. I learned quickly <laughs> yeah guess what I went for Halloween is that year Again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah and it, it like it you know before then like movies were just sort of you know just kind of mindless entertainment it's like oh you just watch a movie to kill two hours yeah but then I watched that and was like oh a, a movie could be so much more yeah. than that um and then, yeah, then that was, yeah, so I was 12, 13. And then in high school, um, got, got pretty into movies, just sort of, you know, did sort of the typical, you know, like, I'm really into David Fincher right yeah. now. And yeah. then I got, there were Wes Anderson. Kubrick is a little underrated, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very um, Kubrickian. And then in COVID, um, during COVID, <laughs> during COVID, I got really into two things. Um, one Cocaine. of them. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, cocaine and sex. Um, but um, I, I got really into like, I, I there's this book in my house that I got for Christmas or something one year called uh, 1001 Movies You Need to See Before You Die. Okay. And I started going through that. And so that's when I sort of started getting to like the like really pretentious like foreign films yeah. and silent films and that kind of stuff. Um, and then the other Let thing. Let the right I, one in, that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then the... Um, uh, uh, other thing I got really into was Survivor. Oh, really? Yeah, I've I've seen uh, all forty four seasons of Survivor, some more than once. No way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So again, in COVID, I was engaging in the most pretentious and least pretentious. <laughs> this is your thing. thing. Yeah, I I only exist on the polls. That's, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's either it's either filet mignon or Cheetos for me. It's yeah, nothing, right. Nothing in between. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you so uh, to get to some of the stories. When did you? Because growing up, would you say you, you grew up like a, a sheltered, or was it kind of were you out there partying, or like how how was you come you come off as somewhat of a sheltered kind of a guy? In sheltered, my opinion? sheltered. How do you mean sheltered? Like, like not getting into any trouble, kind of walking the line, like not. Eh. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Oh, boy, are you? <laughs> no, I, I guess yeah. If that's if that's what you mean by sheltered, yeah, I I didn't like you mean like partying, drinking that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, I, I guess like. In high school, I would go to the occasional party. So when uh, was the first time like you drank in, were you in high school? The first time you ever drank like at a party? Yeah. Had, okay. had like a little vodka at a high school party. I was like, okay. I'm so drunk right now. Did yeah. you, so that was the first time? I guess. Yeah. But it, it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't, uh, uh, it didn't really feel like that big of a deal to me because okay. at, at my high school, at least. With it felt like everyone five thousand kids, fi all five thousand of them were just drunk all the time. Drunk all the time, but even the, like it was literally like it was my junior year and like once or twice a but year. This is why I find this interesting is because of the different dynamics people have when it comes. When did to you start drinking? I didn't start drinking till I was almost eighteen years old. Oh, really? Everyone, in I mean, my, I was about the same age, probably. But yeah. yeah, I was. I was a senior. Uh, I, yeah, I'm like a summer 17. baby, so I was like a year behind um, oh. everyone else. But as far as like, I was always a year younger in my class, but. The reason why this is interesting to me is because growing up, like my siblings, and I've talked about this before, would go to parties and drink. And then I had a, an ex-stepdad who was incredibly abusive and an alcoholic and physically and verbally abusive yeah. to me and my mom and stuff. And and I used to always think like I would never drink. Drinking's poison because oh. of what I saw. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, my sisters would get like go to a party and get drunk and then like – you know, they have so much fun with their friends, but then someone would get in trouble. And right, I'd be like, right. see what yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, see? Yeah. So 
for me, drinking was a huge deal. And that's why I find it interesting for you to say, I drank, but it wasn't, it was just like, you know, we were just doing it. It wasn't a big deal. Cause in my head, I was so anti-drinking and I talked about this with Joe List, but Name drop. All right. But the reason, let me pick that up. Uh, The reason was he one of the terrible guests? Uh, No, not at all. (laughs) He's like 10,000 views on uh, YouTube. Uh, That would make sense. But um, yeah, he's very, very famous. But the reason I bring that up is because it was the clip and it's something that means a lot to me because it was a very similar situation to where he said, then I started drinking and I was like, oh, like, what have I been missing? Like, this is awesome. And I bring all of that up to say you had such a different experience. It's the same thing. It's the same setup, high school, being around friends, trying to like do this fun thing everyone else is doing. And your experience was so drastically different from mine. And that's why I love doing the show is because you were just at a party and you're like, yeah, I'll try it. Nobody died. The building didn't explode, but you know what I mean? So for you after trying it the first time, was it just, did you have a good time? Were you like, I'm like, ah. <laughs> I I thought it was gross. It was yeah, like, it, was, it tastes like rubbing alcohol. Did you get Did you get fucked up, or were you no. kind of like, okay? No, I I yeah. I could just because I also because like I I like the I I think I like being in control. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of immediately apparent to me that like getting drunk is the exact opposite of that. Yeah. So uh, not for me. So you just although did. I do I do drink. But yeah. But you're just I, not, you're I not one of those guys who's going to get moderation. Yeah. yeah. So you, so when was, for uh, now. we'll for see now. how the rest of this interview goes. I wanted to ask you about the champagne thing. The champagne. Oh, on my list. Yeah. That is one of the, the two times I've been like capital D drunk. In my, <laughs> uh, it was, that's the name of the episode. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. See how it happens. Yeah. Wow. Um, I've never heard anyone say like that. Capital D drunk. Yeah. There you go. I've heard like blotto, fucked up, wasted. <laughs> Capital D drunk. Capital D. Um, yeah. You do the, have a very radio voice. I do, yeah. Capital D. I've, I've been told that. I've been told I have a face for radio as well. Well, fuck those people. <laughs> I think you have a face for the movies. Oh, thank you, man. Of thank course. You. A face for cinema. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say <laughs> I almost said it. I almost changed it to cinema. Film. Yeah. For moving pictures. <clears throat> for noir film. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> of course. So the champagne story. Champagne story. Um, yeah. When was this? This was my sophomore year of college. So when you get to college, immediately are you like I'm? Because you never had a desire to like get fucking wasted. So when you get to college, are you? Well, you went to a small school too. Like, are people getting drunk around you all the time? Or like, no, it's still college. Yeah, it is college, but it wasn't like like people would party Friday and Saturday nights. Okay, that was, that was I think. Well, there were some people who would who would obviously do it more, but I remember showing up on campus and my roommate was like ripping a gravity. Oh, on your first day, he, like we, yeah. He moved in, his dad left, and he was like, "You want to hit this?" And I was like, "I don't really do weed." And he was like, "Let's go get some rum then." And I was like, "Fucking <laughs> yeah!" We and there were definitely there were definitely some people like that yeah. at at the school, um, but yeah, there actually our school used to be ranked. Uh, Forbes did like a list of like the top 100 party schools in the mm-hmm. country and the legend I've been told that our school used to be number 100. Oh really? And it no longer is. Yeah. Um, I mean that's still something. There's thousands yeah, of universities. So yeah. Be a 100 ranked But that, yeah that ended I think maybe a, a few years before I, I went there. <laughs> so then you got um, there and yeah. you're like where's the party? <laughs> right right. Yeah. But no I mean that's like sure it's a small liberal arts school kind of with a fairly nerdy Studi- student population, but um, still definitely like I, like nerds can get after it. There's though. there's drinking at every school. as a nerd and a recovering alcoholic. I can say right. nerds can get after it. Sure, sure. 
Um, so your sophomore year. My sophomore year. You were like, I, let's do it? Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Um, well, kind of. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, you ever heard of Rufalent? No. Um, no. You keep saying that word, Rufy. Rufy. I don't even know what that word uh, Yeah. Whenever you say that word, I get a weird. Um, yeah. But it was, it was my sophomore year, and I uh, had assistant stage managed a play. Mm-hmm. I basically worked on the, the stage crew for a play. And there is a tradition in our school's theater department, or at least I was told there was a tradition, where... Um, when the shit when the show ends at the at the cast party, the um, stage manager gives their assistant stage managers a bottle of champagne. Okay, um, and I, I was gifted one by my my good friend Jane, who was the stage manager, and um, I was like, oh, well, I'll just drink the whole thing tonight. Oh wow! Yeah. So um, take us through the the thought process with this because you don't drink very often. But no, I I like it, I mean it was college, so I was drinking like most weekends, just yeah. not. You're just not getting can- yeah. yeah, just a beer or two. So that well, so that's why I'm asking. Right. Uh, when you decide, are you like, oh, well, I like in a devious way, like I guess I'm drinking this whole thing, or were you like, oh, it's champagne, I can drink this whole thing? Uh, kind of a devious way. Kind of yeah. like, let's just have fun. Let's just see what happens. Let it rip. Um, and so I downed it in like under an hour. That's a lot. Um, that's pretty quick. Yeah, and was was apparent well I, I actually do i've never been blackout drunk so i do remember most of it all of it um and and i was very very catch. talkative um i was very talkative and i danced a lot <laughs> <laughs> i danced i tore up that floor um, can you dance i could that night um <laughs> yeah but what i did is once i finished the champagne we were in an apartment on the first floor of the apartment. Once I finished the bottle of champagne, I uh, opened up the front door and smashed it on the sidewalk. And that's oh. the most badass thing I've done in my life. Was everyone like, we're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Teddy's going crazy. <laughs> Teddy's yeah. lost Yeah, it. and then I, I threw up. Yeah, I threw up once or twice. <laughs> and that was the next day was my only time being hungover. So how was that the next time, the next day waking up hungover? It felt like shit. It was, you know, I threw up, I woke up and vomited and did you felt like shit the whole day. Since you had not been hungover, especially to that extent, were you like scared or nervous? Or no, like, I was like, oh, knew? this okay. is, I, I've seen enough movies to know yeah. like today's gonna, of course you today's gonna suck. Yeah. And I had to, cause in theater the day after a play ends, you do strike where you like everyone goes and they take down the set and they clean out the dressing rooms and stuff. And so I had to get up at like, eight, I had to be there at like 8 a.m. <laughs> so you were up at like seven o'clock yeah. throwing up, like yeah. here we go. I was in, I was showering and I had to like get out of the shower. And- <laughs> Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And and I was like, all right, well now I've had this experience. Now I know what it's like to be hungover. And you don't want to do it. Don't don't need to do it again. Yeah. It's it's weird too, as you get older. I mean, you're still very young, but do you hate it when people say that? Like, oh, you're so young. I realized that because I was always the youngest in a lot of stuff I did. I always hate it when people were like, Oh, you're so young. It's like, shut the fuck up. I I don't really care. I mean, it's true. Yeah. I mean, in comparison, it's all yeah, relative. Right. I'm literally 13 years older than you're 20 30 you're 35 god i wish there was a two in front of that <laughs> i wish i was still 29 baby hey, i got sober at 30 and it's so weird to think that wow. now i'm 35 because it's like five years i well yeah but it's like i remember i remember my last drunk very vividly okay. as one would but you're like there's no way that was five years ago that feels like it was yesterday oh really yeah time time well, man. doesn't stop i I'm have mad respect for that <laughs> so i want to ask you about the franzia thing franzia is the other story I yeah you. yeah what 
Tour de France, yeah. Tour de France, excuse yeah. me. When was this? Yeah, this was another um, tradition, I was told. Oh, I meant to ask you yeah. about the champagne story. Yeah. When you go to strike the next day, is everyone like, what the fuck, Teddy? Or like, Teddy's a wild I don't, man? I or? don't remember. Okay. Well, because everyone had been at that party the night before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So were they like, what? Yeah, I don't I don't really remember. I think I... I yeah, I Girls assume... come over and just put their arms around you. Like, <laughs> oh my God, you're so yeah, You awesome. tore up the dance floor last night. That was... Um, yeah, I, 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 I assume I, I kept it short and sweet. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that I stopped the other story too. Oh no, it's fine. We didn't even get started on on Tour de France. Yeah, Tour de. This, so this sounds like it's a tradition. This sounds very much like a. It's yeah. got a name. Yes, it does. Um, it's something we did at my school during. Uh, uh, we had senior week, which was the week in between the end of finals and graduation, which okay. is just seniors on campus and you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that people would do is this thing called tour de franzia where you get into you you and your friends get into a team and it's a race it's a race where you have to run around the whole campus and you have to like take a selfie at like a bunch of different buildings to prove you did it mm -hmm. and by the time you reach the finish line you have to have finished a box of franzia tell the listeners what franzia franzia is a very high-end <laughs> Uh, uh, boxed wine. Um, it's very expensive and normally used in cooking. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was not used on cooking on on that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you even get roped into this? Just Everyone did it because it's a tradition. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we we did it. Um, and I I carried the team. Let's. Say. Did you really? Oh yeah. I was like, I we were about halfway through. I'm like, we're 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 not even halfway through the bag. Like, we got we really need to pick up the pace. Because you're competitive. Oh sure, yeah. And and so I I start doing Just chugging I, yeah, Franzia. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like the champagne. All but over thank again. God, I mean, it, it, Franzia tastes so good. So it just went down. So <laughs> It was so tasty. It was like it was like drinking fruit Juice, punch. Yeah. yeah, but and the crazy thing is because it lasted maybe about an hour, and you're sprinting the whole time, so you don't feel drunk at all. And the race your adrenaline's and going. the race ends, and it's like zero to one hundred. It's like <laughs> the, you get hit by a truck. Of like there was no steady incline. <laughs> Like I went from dead sober to wasted in like that. God. Um, and so, yeah, and then I, I danced a lot. <laughs> um, you danced again? Probably, yeah. I, yeah. That I would track. Got very talkative, danced a lot, and vomited and went to bed. Yeah. Did you wake up the next day where you hung over? No. Okay. I felt fine. Probably yeah. from the running. Yeah, maybe. Did you win? No, we got, I think, um, we got like, we placed in maybe the top 10. I think we got first or second for the NARP. Uh, league, okay, because the track and field won. The track and field team won. Yeah, um, and probably every athlete <laughs> beat every non. But how many? Because there's only 1,200 or 1,600 kids at this school. So how many kids yeah. are in your graduating class? I, I you can do the math on that. I don't know. Well, I, but we also we had more kids because I went to school during COVID, so we had an excess because of kids who deferred or took semesters off. Okay, so we we had more than usual. Because um, it's just when you say like, oh, we finished in the top 10, it's like, well, there was only 10 teams. I, I don't know. I think we did well. <laughs> I wasn't. The, I'm just shitting was, all over your tour. When we France, finished yeah. the race, figuring out our placement was not my priority. That's true. You were hammered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So since moving to New York, you're because you had mentioned earlier, you're not obviously you don't drink that. Not that you don't drink that often. Right. You don't get out of control. Yeah. 
except for these two awesome stories that you had. <laughs> Tour de France, man, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, Do it again in a heartbeat. Since being, I can make that happen. <laughs> just, just for the line. I know, uh, I know comics. One of which is a friend of the show who sets up a biannual Molly night for comics. Do you want in on that? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd offer. <laughs> if there's running involved, sure. <laughs> So since moving to New York, have you been um, in situations where you're like hanging out with comics and everyone's getting hammered? Because you make that face, but I mean, I've been here a year longer than you. And yeah, I'm sober, but I don't – I've seen it before, but I don't see it that often where comics are just getting fucking wasted. Right. Yeah. No, not really. Um, yeah. And even like like I've obviously been in situations where there are drunk people yeah. everywhere. Um, but – no, I, I've sort of just always been like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a beer or two, get a little tipsy, and that's enough for have me. Have you ever had to deal with like a wasted heckler before yet? Not yet, no. Oh, no, actually, I did had a mic, actually. Tell that, that story. That I hosted. Um, I, I used oh, to, wait, this is, I was at, wasn't I at the next mic? Eastville in Brooklyn? No, so there was there was a guy who was wasted at a mic a couple weeks ago, and I had made a oh no, it was somebody else because I had yeah. made a joke like oh you should see that guy, and then the other comic was like yeah I, he was just at the last mic I was just at and heckled me. Oh, for a second I thought that, but it was somebody no else. no. So what happened with you? Yeah, I used to I used to host Laughing Buddha mics at Eastville, and there was one night I I used to host the like the nine thirty it was on like nine thirty on Sundays. Okay. Um. And yeah, there was one night where like a guy, I had already performed, but I was hosting. So I was going up in between uh, each act and this, these two guys came in and one of them was just absolutely hammered and just screaming through people's set. Like not even any, like, like trying to tell jokes, but he was just, just yelling. Yeah. yeah. Just yelling and being disruptive. And me and the other host, we had to like stop the mic and like turn the lights off and be like, all right, like the mic can't continue until you have, until you leave. Yeah. Essentially. But I I wasn't like, like for you. What was that like for me? Yeah, just scary. Yeah, like yeah, because I'm not. I'm. I hate con- as big as I am. I don't like confrontation. So if oh, it gets yeah. to the point where I have to be like, "Hey, you need to leave." Like I'm normally pretty elevated because right. the point it has to get to for me to say something because I don't want to say anything. Yeah. I'm pretty pretty heated. Um, but I hate saying yeah. something. Well, we got helped out by two comics. Um, who pretended to be security guards. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, which was nice. We didn't even ask them to do that. But yeah, that was, I mean, I, I wasn't like trying to do material or anything. So I haven't dealt with that in that sense yet. But were you, how did, so you just asked the guys, you just got on stage and yeah. turned on the And luckily and his like, friend was, well, seemed sober and, yeah. and sane. And so we were like, can you help us? Like you, you, you and your friend need to leave. And so he also. Oh, wow. So you just got, I always get worried that if I ask someone to leave, we'll be at the restaurant or a show or something, they're going to be like, no. And yeah, like, that was oh, my fear too. Fuck. I was like, well, okay. Like I, I'm not going to, like, what am I, I can't yeah. beat this guy in a fight. Like what am I? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird when it happens during material. Yeah, I'm sure. Like when you're doing something and you have like just a, like a you suck. That yeah, kind of thing. like you have like an end goal. And, right. and sometimes you can. It's easy. Like sometimes you can quell it by being like, "What?" And then they'll be like, "Oh, blah blah blah." And then you just like like hit them with something real quick and then go back yeah. to the bit. But then sometimes it's. I remember one time I was at a show and it was a bar show in Florida. It Sounds great. It was ambush comedy. Yeah. Like, the, oh nice. Like they didn't know we were doing right. a show and there was a bunch of these like older like florida fans there uh the university of florida which i played against in college so i made a bit or i was doing a bit and then one of them just kept talking and i turned to him and i was like like and i just said something like off the cuff like hey man i played against florida in college you guys are a bunch of pussies because they were all wearing like university of florida gear 
was like, so just shut up and listen or go to the other side of the room. Yikes. And I thought like, ha 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 ha. That's not how yeah. he was. They like got visibly upset, oh, like shit. the little group. And then instead of leaving. Were they around your age? Or, no, they were much. They were like in their 50s, like Ooh. 40s and 50s. Yeah, that was bad. And at the time, I'm like 26, 27. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I was thinking like, oh, we're just like like how teams, fans of teams yeah. will talk shit to fans right, of other right, teams. Right. So I thought that's what we were doing. But they took it so personally because I was the guy on stage with the microphone mm. that instead of leaving, instead of starting a fight with me, they just talked much louder <laughs> for the same conversation. So literally, I was like, yo, shut up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then they just went back to, yeah, so what do you think we're going to – and I was like, oh, because it's just stepping on everything I'm saying. Right. And that was one of the only times where I was like, I don't know how to get out of this. Yeah. Like I, I went after them. They didn't listen. But then they didn't leave or do – because at least if they would have like came after me, like physically or verbally, like now we're doing something. Right. But they literally just went back to their conversation, like amplified volume. And I was like – yeah. Oh fuck! <laughs> That's why I'm like, because I'm not, I'm not a crowd work guy at all. Yeah, me neither. But it's like I clearly need to practice it for situations like that. Yeah, know? it's it's important to have it in the back of your pocket. Yeah. But like, Kinane has a great bit that he's doing now. He just put up online, but it's funny where he's like, everyone's doing crowd work, and then he looks at the guy in the audience and he goes, "What do you do?" And the guy says it, and he goes, "I don't really care. You paid money to see me. Like, I don't care what you do." <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. I feel like. Like all the posting on social media encourages it. It's very much so. Because every other video is. I talk about this with comics work. all the time, whether they're older comics who are, are like super successful or like yeah. younger comics, because obviously it's the people that are younger than me that are grew up on social media. So they understand right. the algorithm and stuff like that. You, you being the exception. Uh, <laughs> but I find it fascinating because the thing that gets the most views, the most clicks is crowd interaction. Yep. And people are like, oh, if I would have had like a camera on the audience to get their reaction to my reaction like that, that's a viral clip. And I'm like, well, that's dumb. To me, that's stupid. Yeah. But also it encourages audience members to feel like they are now a part of the I show. know. It, yeah. And I talk about this with comics all the time. Like Matt uh, Reif, who's doing his big tour and he's got all the success. Mm -hmm. But I saw a tweet that he posted where he was like, you guys need to stop yelling out in my shows. You're ruining it for everyone else. And I stopped posting on Instagram. Well, I saw yeah. that tweet and I, I, I kind of was baffled because I was like, no, you started this. Yeah. You, not you, but him single handedly right. on TikTok started this whole movement. Yeah. Because he's fantastic at crowd work. Right. And so he started doing that. And then everyone else started copying it because yeah. he got all these followers from it. And now you're going around being like, hey, stop yelling out. It's like, no, you, right. you did this. You yeah. did this to all of us. So it blows my mind that people are just like, yeah, I want to be a part of the show too. And it's like, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not necessarily their fault. If they no, it's I mean because that's what they think it is. Conditioned to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I I've yet to really deal with that, but I'm not looking forward to it. I'll, ha I'll have <laughs> you at the next time I see you. Sounds good. We'll, get, we'll get into it. Can't Plug wait. everything one more time. Let everybody know where they can Ooh, find you. Ooh, uh, Teddy Fisher underscore ha ha. If you want to join the least the most underwhelming Instagram account. <laughs> Um, You're up to three posts, baby. Yeah, three, maybe a fourth. Get today, it. maybe. Who knows? Maybe I'll post a story of us. That'd be fun. Um, no, you haven't earned it. Um, and then um, I do uh, a bi-weekly uh, uh, improv show at the Pit on Thursdays, starting October fifth. Um, time. Uh, different time every week. Okay. I'll post about it on Instagram. Boom, to baby. Let people know. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on. This dude. has been a pleasure. Thank this you so much for fun. having me. See, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be terrible. <laughs> well, you were nervous. I wasn't nervous. Well, you were nervous about the subject matter, less so about the. Right. 
You were like, I'm going to have to tell the stories about... I can't run for office now. Burying those people they've in my known, backyard. They've known I've had friends yet. Well, I, that story, we can tell off mic. But, okay. Yeah. Um, at Brennan T. Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Uh, check out the One Man Show, X Drinking Buddy on Patreon. And I'll be in Philly, October wow. 6th and 7th at Jester Castle. Uh, and I'll be at Broadway Comedy Club October 14th. <laughs> Talk to y'all next week. 